morning, Orlando, and welcome to the first day of summer here at 6 o'clock and our very first check of Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you right here and right now on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts, and our top stories this morning, an order ending the border separation policy is signed by President Trump, and an OPD officer is recovering from a shooting during a standoff. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. No two ways around it. Trump has caved on the border kids, but not on border security. My take and yours straight ahead on Good Morning Orlando. And good Thursday morning, otherwise known as Friday Eve at 6.01 on News Radio 102.5. An executive order that ends the border separation policy has been signed by President Trump. We're signing an executive order. It's about keeping families together while at the same time being sure that we have a very powerful, very strong border and border security. The forced separation of migrant children from their parents prompted a huge controversy. Before signing the order at the White House yesterday, Trump said the U.S. can be both strong and compassionate. The executive order allows children to remain with their parents in illegal immigration detention centers. However, Trump said his administration will continue enforcing a zero-tolerance policy at the southern border. He noted that he did not like the sight of families being separated. Trump said the executive order, quote, takes care of the problem, end quote. Last week, the president told reporters that the separation policy could not be reversed with an executive order. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. No doubt it's a rare 180 by President Trump. You don't see him do this very often. We'll hear more from the president and why he did this and then where all of this may be headed. And it looks like a mess to the Bud Man. Coming up, Deb. Meanwhile, Florida's U.S. senators are reacting to President Trump's executive order ending the separation of illegal immigrant families who tried to cross the border. Republican Marco Rubio called it, quote, welcome news, but said it could face a legal challenge. What the White House decided to do today was welcome news, but Congress still needs to act because what they're doing, while hum very humane, violates something called the Flores Settlement which means someone's going to take this to court and they're going to get it thrown out. Rubio is among several GOP senators introducing a bill that allows people who unlawfully enter the country to be held together with their children and adds new judges to expedite their hearings. Democrat Bill Nelson said the president's order does not solve the problem because it implies you can hold families forever and does nothing to reunify the 2,300 children who were taken away by their parents. President Trump's former personal attorney is stepping down from the Republican National Committee's Finance Committee. Michael Cohen said he's resigning as the committee's deputy finance chair because of the ongoing investigation by special counsel Robert Mueller. Cohen also used his resignation letter to weigh in on the government's controversial zero-tolerance border policy. Cohen wrote, quote, as the son of a Polish Holocaust survivor, the images and sounds of this family separation policy is heart-wrenching, end quote. Organizers say hundreds protested near Pittsburgh Wednesday over the deadly shooting of an unarmed black teenager. The protest came after 17-year-old Antoine Rose was shot by an officer while running from a traffic stop Tuesday. Police had pulled the vehicle over because it matched the description of a car involved in the shooting earlier that evening. And it turns out that Pittsburgh officer that shot that unarmed teenager was serving his very first day on the job. Here closer to home, a police officer shot during an armed standoff is showing signs of progress. Thankfully, sources tell Channel 9 that Orlando police officer Kevin Valencia is now breathing on his own. He was shot in the head, more specifically in the eye, while responding to an apartment building last week where Gary Lindsay Jr. killed four children and himself. 
The 27-year-old is a husband and father of two. And finally, it's the first day of summer and the longest day of the year. The summer solstice actually occurs officially at 6.07 a.m. Eastern Time. That's when the Northern Hemisphere reaches its maximum tilt towards the sun. The solstice is celebrated a variety of ways around the world. Hundreds of people gather at Stonehenge in England to mark the occasion. At Times Square, yoga enthusiasts from around the nation will gather to participate in a day of free yoga classes. How about that? T-minus one minute and counting. If it's 6.07 this morning, exactly. summer begins. Summer begins in just a moment. Oh, man. Maybe it'll finally warm up, huh? <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> Does it really matter? Not here. <laughs> I thought it was like two months ago. I, we would here in Florida. <laughs> Absolutely. That was a big deal, though, when I was growing up up north. And if you grew up up north, you know it was, okay? And because it came in conjunction there with pretty close to the end of the school year. Oh, First yeah. day of summer was a big deal. Yes, it was. Barely noticeable here. And in Green Bay, it usually lasted for, let's see, 6.07 will kick off the official start of summer. And by 6.10 in the morning, it would be over. Pretty much over, and the cooling trend <laughs> has begun for the long winter. <laughs> yep, exactly. Expect the first flurries by 6.11. <laughs> WFLA <laughs> news time at 6.06. Hey, watch as a 300-pound bear manages to squeeze through a tiny kitchen window. See the video for yourself at 1025WFLA.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Exactly 607. Yay. Welcome to summer, everybody. <laughs> it's okay. official. All right, enough of that nonsense. Yeah. Yaffe in the control room. Our executive producer, Stephanie, will be the voice you hear when you want to talk to the Bud Man. She will take your call at 407-916-5400. Text line 23680. Always open. Standard message and data rates apply, though. It's Good Morning Orlando from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. I'll chum the waters for calls and texts right off the top. If you are pro-Trump, do you feel sold out by him signing this executive order that he said he wouldn't and couldn't sign just days ago? If you are anti-Trump, are you still mad at him? You're in a perpetual state of anger toward him. We understand that. I mean, he gave you what you wanted, right? We're going to keep those families together on the border, but we still have zero tolerance. So where are you? Whether you're on or off the Trump train, I want to know how you're reacting to this huge story that unfolded yesterday, about which we will talk a great deal more all morning long. Let's dive in right after we have our first check of Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you. And that'll be in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Some of you aren't going to want to hear that because you don't want to hear a negative word about the president out of the Bud Man's mouth. And I totally understand that and respect it. But you know, I'm pretty much committed to telling you what I believe and letting the chips fall where they may. And, of course, the whole idea is then we get into a debate and a conversation about the hot topics. And all of a sudden, we got a radio program that folks want to listen to. And we are glad you're with us. Here is the president signing that executive order, which any way you look at it is a flip-flop, a 180, and a cave-in on these border kids. There's no question about that. But the president is not caving on zero tolerance for those who have broken the laws by coming across our borders illegally. The president. We're signing an executive order 
I consider to be a very important executive order. It's about keeping families together, while at the same time being sure that we have a very powerful, very strong border, and border security will be equal, if not greater, than previously. And the president, I thought, had in a moment of real personal honesty and um, uh, vulnerability, which you don't see all that often in terms of the vulnerability, he said he was taking a lot of uh, a lot of heat on the home front. And, of course, the anti-Trump media machine was just beating him relentlessly over this. And he was caught between wanting to have a heart for these poor kids down there, you know, who got dragged across the border by their illegal parents, et cetera, and they've been separated out. And, and, you know, he doesn't want to seem, if, if, if he shows too much heart, he sounds weak. Um, but otherwise, he sounds heartless if he's really tough. And he really was caught in the horns of a dilemma. Here's why he signed the order. Ivanka feels very strongly. My wife feels very strongly about it. Uh, I feel very strongly about it. I think uh, anybody with a heart would feel very strongly about it. We don't like to see families separated. At the same time, we don't want people coming into our country illegally. This takes care of the problem. And then the president was off to a raucous rally at a packed hockey arena in Minnesota, a state he very narrowly lost to Hillary. They think they can win it in the midterms. It's the land of the liberals, but it's got a lot of support up there for Trump. And they were going nuts for him last night while I was watching. Um, Here is the president on illegal immigration and border security letting the Democrats have it. So the Democrats want open borders. Let everybody come in. Let everybody pour in. We don't care. Let them come in from the Middle East. Let them come in from all over the place. We don't care. We're not going to let it happen. And by the way, today I signed an executive order. We're going to keep families together, but the border is going to be just as tough as it's been. All right, now here's the deal on this. I, th- I don't think this is going to get resolved. There are a couple of bills in the House. If, if I have a little time here in this half hour, I'll tell you what is in both of them. They're going to vote on them today. Uh, one of them deals with a separation of kids from their, from their illegal parents when they're going through proceedings on the border, okay? The other one does not. I don't think either one of them is going to get the necessary 218 votes because there's going to be no Democrat support or none to speak of, and whatever they do is going to die in the United States Senate. This executive order, as you read it, does nothing about the status of the 2,300 or so kids already separated from their parents down there on the Mexican border and being held in these facilities the anti-Trump media machine refers to at at best as cages and as worst, you know, like a Nazi concentration camp. I mean, the, the level of hyperbole and venom here and, and, and really distorted reporting is completely off the charts. The problem is there is a law that unless a judge modifies it, says that you can only have these kids in that situation for 20 days. They're going to try to get the judge to lengthen it. I don't think it's going to happen, okay? And I think you're going to wind up in a situation where they're ultimately going to have to be released into the country the way it was done under Obama with catch and release. I'm not sure I see a resolution here. I am glad the president is keeping with, and I hope he will keep with, he better or he's going to lose his base, with zero tolerance on the border. But we've got a lot of uncertainty about what is coming next. I ask you the question again. You can comment at any angle you want, of course, because it's your show when I open up the phones. But 
if you love Trump, do you feel sold out by him signing this order that he said he wouldn't and couldn't sign just days ago? And if you loathe Trump, you still mad at him? Because, yeah, we're going to get the families together down there, but we're still having zero tolerance for crossing the border. Where are you on this? No matter where you are on Trump, I would really like to know. 407-916-5400. Hit the text line at 23680. Standard message and data rate supply there. From Jane Fonda's 78-year-old baby brother, uber-liberal Peter Fonda's disgusting. Let's go to the uh, let's go to the phones on this. We are swamped with calls and texts. We'll be back on this topic later in the show. I can count on that. I promise you that. Robert in Oviedo checking in. Good morning, Robert. Hey, good morning, Bud man. This is all about changing the news cycle. All this stuff was coming about the coming out about the FBI agents determined to take Trump down before and after the election. All of a sudden, this pops up, and there's videos of Bill Clinton addressing Congress. He's going to put Barbara Jordan in charge. There's too many immigrants coming across. We're having to pay for it. It's exactly what Trump's saying, and it's Bill Clinton, and he's going to do something about it. And during the Obama administration, everything was maintained that Bill Clinton put in place. And here, you know, the news cycle wasn't looking good for the Democrats, so they put all a couple crying babies up there, and it's all hysterics. Cause... Interesting take on that. Thank you, Robert. Lee, you're in Orlando. What do you think, Lee? Hey, bud, how are you? Good. How you doing? I'm fine. Hey, look, at, at the essence of this, as Steve Bannon puts it, the president speaks with a certain vernacular, a.k.a. he told a couple of whoppers. Number one, the foundation of this was that he was going to build this wall, and who was going to pay for it? Mexico. Well, I guess we're Mexico. Secondly, everybody in the administration and the president said he couldn't do a thing about this. Nothing. It had to be a law from Congress. Well, that turned out to be a lie because he sound, uh, wrote the executive order yesterday stopping the separation of families. All right. I see the problems you have with the president. Yaffe, I want your take on what happened. As far as I'm concerned, I mean, I'll call a spade a spade. The president caved. He folded oh. on this. There's no doubt about it. He totally did. And that last caller actually makes a good point. That's one of the problems with the president caving here. He said for weeks, basically, that he couldn't do anything about it, that Congress had to pass a law. And really, the president's right on that. But then he goes and signs this executive order that's already being challenged in court. And the Democrats are not even happy with that. I think it will be thrown out in court, too. I think Rubio is right on that. And the ACLU is already challenging it. I don't think that judge is going to extend this arrangement for for uh, for 20 days. I, I, I don't know where we're going on this, but I, I can tell you one thing. There's going to be no legislative solution coming out of Congress today. Yep. So this problem's only going to get worse, I think. How about the text line? Uh, yeah. One person says simply Trump caved. Another person says I am pro-Trump. I'm not too pleased that he has signed his executive order, but he had to do it because it would have killed him politically if he didn't. Yeah. But as we go back to the phones, Ben's got a different perspective from Claremont on the politics of all of this and how it will play. Right, Ben? Yes, bud, and good morning. Morning. I think uh, when the midterms come up and they start showing these liberal politicians who wanted to take these children out of daycare and lock them up in prison with their parents, that's going to be a fantastic optic, so to speak. Very interesting perspective there. Much appreciated. Uh, let me get one more in here, and we'll do more on this later. David, you're in Melbourne. Welcome in from the coast. 
How you doing, bud? Fine. How are uh, you, buddy? These elites in uh, Washington, D.C., in a little bubble, don't realize the people out here see the Democrats are more concerned about the illegal immigrants than the U.S. citizens are supposed to represent. I agree with that. that that's the way they play. It really is. And the other thing is these parents that give their kids to these coyotes to break, let them take this trip through Central America and Mexico, I consider that child endangerment. If you let your kid play in the front yard, the, the cops get called on you and you get in trouble. And they're traveling thousands of miles on, on their own. Points well taken. Thank you. Listen, I've got to tell you, I don't think there's much political damage here long term heading into the midterms with the president signing this particular executive order. But he, he caved. There's no question about it, okay? Sometimes you have to do that. But if he were to cave on zero tolerance at this point, I think he would lose the base big time. You agree with that, Yaffe? Yeah. It's just that's why this executive order is so problematic. Because right now the law says they have to be released in 20 days. So if you keep them with the parents, you have to release both of them in 20 days, and that means we're back to catch and release, which is not zero tolerance. That's Obama. Yeah. So Total I mean, tolerance. It's going to be borders. <laughs> I don't know how Trump's going to keep zero tolerance while signing this executive order. I, I just don't know how that's going to work. We'll see. We'll see together. Well, that executive order signed by the president, our big talk topic this morning, and Deb's got more from the news angle on that right now. Deb? The policy of separating immigrant families at the border, bud, is coming to an end. President Trump reversed himself yesterday by signing an executive order stopping the practice of taking children from their parents when they're caught illegally crossing the border. We're going to have strong, very strong borders, but we're going to keep the families together. I didn't like the sight or the feeling of families being separated. The executive order allows children to remain with their parents in illegal immigration detention centers. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. In the meantime, it's still unclear what's happening to children separated from their illegal immigrant parents at the southern border. On Wednesday, a spokesman for the Department of Health and Human Services told CNN that minors currently in the Unaccompanied Alien Children program will proceed as usual with, quote, the sponsorship process, end quote. Later, the HHS took back the comment and said it's still very early and they're awaiting further guidance on the matter. Rising sea levels are a threat to Florida's economy and really the economies of all coastal states. In fact, rising sea levels could sink property values and local government budgets later this century. That's the conclusion of a new report by the Union of Concerned Scientists about the effects of rising seawater in coastal states. Dr. Rachel Cletus is an economist who worked on the study, and she says Florida is at great risk. We found that nearly 100 zip code areas in Florida, including much of the greater Miami, Tampa, and St. Petersburg areas, have at-risk properties that today represent about 40% or more of their property tax base. Yeah, lost property taxes could run into the billions, while lost property values could rise into the hundreds of billions in a worst-case scenario based on data from Zillow. And finally, emergency management officials say there's not enough adequate storm shelter space here in Florida. A new state study says if a strong Category 4 or Category 5 hurricane were to hit this year, residents living in about a third of the Sunshine State wouldn't have a safe place to go if they didn't head for the hills early. Emergency managers have pushed for years to have more space available with strict safety standards. You can get these stories and more at 1025WFLA.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando continues now with Gina Cervetti and the Bloomberg Business Report. 
Brought to us as always, live from New York City in the Bloomberg Newsroom. Good Thursday morning to you, Gina, and uh, welcome to the first day of summer. Oh, right. Yes. Good morning to you. Welcome to summer. It always feels like summer down there, doesn't it? Always Most of the time. feels like it. We hardly <laughs> notice when the calendar says it's the summer solstice. But up north, I know how everybody waits for it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about, uh, you've been checking the stock futures here. Uh, where are we headed today in all likelihood? What can you tell us? Well, right now, it looks like a lower Wall Street open as investors continue to focus on the threat of a trade war. We have the Dow futures down about 90 points. That's almost four-tenths percent. Certainly have seen worse. We have crude oil sliding this morning. It's back under $65 a barrel. We're watching for weekly reports on jobless claims and consumer comfort today. Darden Restaurants reports earnings today. Analysts looking for total comparable sales there, a gain of 1.2%. We had stocks closing mixed yesterday. The Dow was down 42 points to 24,658. The S&P rose two-tenths or five points to 27.67. Tech shares were the big gainers yesterday. And in fact, the NASDAQ hit a brand new record high. It rose 57 six points to 77.82 and we had media shares rising after Disney raised its bid for those Fox assets to just over 71 billion dollars now it's Comcast's turn to decide if it wants to raise its bid and by the way bud the yeah. uh, Bloomberg Orlando index yesterday was little change to lower okay fair enough you know home prices across the country certainly here in Central Florida are soaring right now great news if you're selling Not so much if you're trying to buy a home, right? Can be tough. Data from the National Association of Realtors shows housing affordability dropped this quarter to the lowest in almost a decade. In May, the median price nationally of a previously owned home rose to a record of almost 265000 A separate report from Adam Data Solutions shows the median second quarter price in Orange County there was almost $236,000, with homes slightly less affordable than the historic average in the Orlando area. A home prices are rising faster than wages in 64% of the regions nationally surveyed, including Orange County. Yeah, that really stretches folks awfully thin when they're trying to get into the housing market. You know, there's been a lot of news, and you brought a lot of it to us about this developing uh, trade war internationally as the president tries to level the playing field with some of these foreign countries. Um, There's some evidence right now that a major company in the United States is being impacted by that trade dispute. What's that story all about? Well, we had Miller Coors last week, the maker of Miller Lite and Coors Lite, warning that U.S. tariffs on aluminum imports could result in a $40 million hit to its bottom line. And what we're learning today is actually a a German company, but it sells a lot of vehicles here in the U.S., and this is Daimler, which makes Mercedes-Benz. It's the first prominent company to cut its profit outlook due to the escalating trade tensions between the U.S. and China claiming Chinese customers will now buy fewer cars after Beijing slapped tariffs on U.S. auto imports. Uh, It does build cars in the United States. A whole lot more to come on that front for sure. Now let's focus finally on the soft drink wars. 
guess a big battle raging over who owns the term zero? <laughs> yes, a federal appeals court is siding with Coca-Cola's rivals ordering a reconsideration by a trademark tribunal of Coke's claim that zero is distinctive to its brand. The court granted Dr. Pepper Snapple Group a new chance to challenge 17 of Coke's trademark registrations that use zero in the brand name. Coke has a cola named Zero, right. but RC Cola, which is a subsidiary of Dr. Pepper Snapple, argued that the term is generic and that consumers understand the word to mean any drink with less than five calories. All right, we'll see. Maybe this will fizzle out. What do you think? <laughs> it might go flat. Oh, thank you very much. You <laughs> one up the Bud Man. Gina Cervetti, the best in the business. Our good friend bringing us the Bloomberg Business Report live from New York City every morning on Good Morning Orlando at 6.35. Um, have a great day. We'll catch you tomorrow, Gina. You too, Bud. Thanks. All right, we're delving into the Bud Man's Florida, believe it or not, file. A restaurant, within the sound of my voice, forced to accommodate a woman with her emotional support horse in tow. Has this gone too far? My take and yours next, right after an update on Atlanta's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. You've heard the stories. We've talked about them. We're seeing it more and more. People claiming they have a legitimate need to bring some kind of an animal with them when they move about for emotional support. Trying to get a peacock on a commercial airline flight, dragging a boa constrictor into a burger joint. I mean, these stories are endless. And a lot of people are just gaming the system. And it's easy to do the way the Americans with Disabilities Act, which dates way back to 1990s, is written. You can game the system very easily. The animal, the, the, the airlines are now fighting back against this and being very, very specific about what you will have a chance to bring on in the way of a critter and what you will not, okay? But we have an issue with emotional support animals up in Ocala at a First Watch restaurant. Really nice restaurant. We have those around. You've been to a First Watch. You can get breakfast. You can get lunch. That's it. They don't do dinner, at least as far as I understand. It's been a while since I've been to one, but I like, I like First Watch. It's a quality chain. A woman came in with her emotional support horse. It's a miniature horse, so we're not talking about secretariat here, but it's a horse. It's pretty good size, and it's a horse. And the restaurant didn't know what to do. They called headquarters, and the woman was seated and accommodated with her horse in tow. Now, it doesn't appear that she is gaming the system, because as the story goes, the woman named Jessica has Crohn's disease, a very, very painful condition. If, you know, if you've got it or you know somebody who has it, in her case, it limits her movement, a lot of pain. It's kind of like, like she has arthritis. So she got a horse named Honey, all right? She even got a website for Honey the Horse. And she trained Honey as a service horse to do all kinds of things for her that she needs done. She shows up at the first watch, and uh, they call headquarters, and they say, you got to seat her. You got to accommodate her. And so they do. Okay. Um, if I'm a restaurant customer and I'm going to a nice place like First Watch, I have a certain expectation, don't I, of what that experience is going to be like. And it doesn't include being five feet from a horse. 
do, 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 do my expectations matter at all? I'm sure there isn't anybody in that restaurant who thought a horse was, was going to be part of their breakfast or lunch. And I question whether it should be. But it's very interesting because the CEO of First Watch, who happens to be a former resident of Orlando, um, Chris Tommaso, said the law is ambiguous, that businesses are very limited in what they can say or do because of the way the Americans with Disability Act laws are written. Okay? And here's the deal. He says if the animal is a service animal, you have to take what they say, what the person says is their word, that it's a legitimate service animal, okay? And, and, and you're only allowed to ask what service they provide for you. That's it. You're not allowed to ask anything more than that or you are in violation of the ADA. In the case of the horse, the ADA actually has specific provisions covering miniature horses like Jessica brought in when she brought honey into the Ocala First Watch. And here's what the ADA says. Businesses must take make reasonable modifications in policies, practices, or procedures to permit the use of a miniature horse by an individual with a disability if the miniature horse has been individually trained, as this horse apparently has been, to do work and perform tasks for the benefit of the individual with a disability. So there's not much the businesses can do. They ask the question, is this a really a service animal? What does it do for you? And they tell you, you gotta, you got to accommodate him. you got to sit him right down there. You've made reservations for a special time with some special people at a nice restaurant like First Watch. Maybe at the fanciest steakhouse in Orlando, where you're going to drop a couple of hundred bucks before you walk out the door. And you got to sit next to a horse? What are the businesses supposed to do? I just wonder, I just wonder whether or not the expectation of the paying customer counts at all. It seems to me not very much. What do you think about this? Maybe every restaurant should be required now to build a corral off the side of the bar. And any kind of farm animals that come in there, sure. Come on in. Like the old uh, westerns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll sit you right down over there, you know, and uh, <laughs> man, just sit up there in the saddle and uh, have a drink and dinner and no problem. I don't know. Are you okay with this? What happened if you were in a restaurant and somebody came in with a horse? Would you be okay with that? 407-916-5400. Should you be okay with that? Or do we just have to, I guess, have a big heart and realize that, you know, some people are in a rough situation and they have certain things they need. And in this case, and some others, a horse is what they need and they come into the restaurant with it. And that's just the way it needs to be. 407-916-5400. Text line 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. I've, I've told you where I am on this. I, I just have a problem with it. I'm not unsympathetic. But for crying out loud, what about the paying customers? All the rest of the paying customers. I think this service animal thing has just gone off the charts crazy. A lot of folks are gaming the system, but I don't think this woman is. But still, well, I've made my case. What do you think? 407-916-5400, text line 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. An update coming here in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. So how far is too far? We've gone down this road a long way with these emotional support animals. Now we had a miniature horse showing up um, at a restaurant in Ocala, and they accommodated the customer 
and the horse. The rest of the customers, well, too bad. Maybe you should have picked another day. Dave, you're in Longwood. You're a retired airline pilot. You've dealt with some of this, right? Yes, I have. Um, Before I retired, about a year before I retired, we had a customer show up with a miniature horse and so contacted uh, the company officials, and they said we had to carry him or we'd be in violation. So we took a miniature horse on the airplane and flew to the destination with it. What did you think about that? Well, I think that... uh, There's some, uh, how do I say that, Uh, common sense stuff that there's places where animals belong and places where animals don't belong. How about if you were having uh, dinner at a restaurant and somebody came in with their emotional support miniature horse? How would you feel? Uh, I would would be offended if for the proper term today. (laughs) I, I did not think that's a proper place for a restaurant. All right, thank you very much. Or a pl- proper place for a horse, I think you meant to say. Thank you. Tony, you're in Orlando with a Budman. Good morning, Tony. Somebody's got to say it may as well be me. The society has gone to the dogs, bud. Um, <laughs> and the hey, horses. Uh, two personal instances that I got or I witnessed myself. We, I was over Universal one time, and we had a guy come up with a pit bull that he had uh, labeled as a, uh, uh, as a assistant dog or whatever they're called. You couldn't get within 20 feet of this thing the way it was snapping and barking at people. And he was doing everything he could to hold it back on its leash. There's no way that thing was a service animal, but what are you going to do about it? And then on on an even more personal level, level, my wife works in retail. She uh, is highly allergic to animals, cats, dogs, and the like. And even if people show up at the store who don't have the animal present with them, She has allergic reactions because of the dander or whatever that they might have on their clothing. Yeah, so, I understand where you're coming from on that. I think if we're going to have these emotional support um, service animals, I, I, I think a dog, you know, should be pretty much it. Generally speaking, dogs are people pleasers and they can be well-trained, et cetera. But I, I, I think we've got to place some limits here. I really do. But maybe I'd see it differently if I had a disability. We have Bob from DeBerry. Uh, Steph tells me that you told her you're blind. Am I right, Bob? Yeah, I just want to clarify a couple of things. Uh, however, in parentheses, I still want to be your friend. Close parentheses. Uh, yeah, the, the, the issue is sort of both ways here. Guide horses or whatever, they've been around for about 10 or 15 years and normally they're small and they are provided with a diaper uh, or whatever some of them are actually housebroken some people you know under the ada you don't have to limit the type of animal that you use to a dog but let's not get into emotional stuff where people bring a dog in or a cat in or a rat in and they say well this animal is a service animal uh you know that that's really starts taking advantage you know what i'm saying yes and a lot of people are gaming the system my friend there's no doubt but i don't think the woman up there was i mean says that horse does things that no other animal could do for her but i wonder about the other people at the restaurant who didn't plan on having lunch with a horse paul you're in claremont good morning hey bud uh the only uh, horse I want to have uh, if I'm in a restaurant is Mr. Ed, and if he'll talk to me. But um, my question is, you, you, the, the, the health department inspects restaurants and so on and has guidelines. 
aren't there some sort of, you know, that you're bringing an animal into where food is being served and so on? Apparently the ADA trumps all of that. Apparently that's so, or there would be none of these service animals at any of these restaurants, except maybe in an outdoor cafe area of a restaurant. Text line, Yaffe, how about a quick rundown on what you're seeing there? Yeah, one person says a person with actual values and common sense would not drag a horse into a restaurant. Could you imagine if it had to use the bathroom? Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's an issue. One person says uh, kids eat free on Tuesdays and horses on Wednesday. <laughs> Got to keep your sense of humor <laughs> or you go out of your mind, right? I totally, totally relate to that. News at the top of the hour. On um, an order ending the border separation policy that's been so controversial with the kids in the Mexican borders signed by President Trump. We'll be talking about it coming up in the 7 o'clock hour. And Parkland shooting survivors urging Americans to vote for moral leaders. Good morning, Orlando. From the Frontgate Realty Studio, visit laurahasthebuyers.com. And good morning to you now at 6.59. Good morning, Orlando, and welcome to the summer of 2018. It's 7 o'clock on the first day of summer as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you right here and now on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning an order ending the border separation policy is signed by President Trump. And Parkland shooting survivors urge Americans to vote for, quote, moral leaders. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. We'll talk about that executive order and where we go from here on all things border related. And also, a top Orange County official refuses to fire a woman despite her bizarre sexual misconduct on the job. Stay tuned on Good Morning Orlando. And good Thursday morning at 7.03 on News Radio 1025. President Trump is stopping the practice of separating families at the border. There's been a growing uproar over the policy of separating illegal immigrant children from their parents. Trump noted that his executive order is about keeping families together while also ensuring the border is secure. And it continues to be a zero tolerance. We have zero tolerance for people that enter our country illegally. The U, uh, he said rather, the U.S. can be both strong and compassionate. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. This topic torched our phones in the text line in the 6 o'clock hour. We'll be back on it in this half hour, Deb. Another subject I, I know uh, torched the phones and the text line is actor Peta Fonda now walking back a vulgar comment about President Trump's 12-year-old son, Barron. On Twitter, Fonda said Barron should be taken from his mother's arms and, quote, put in a cage with pedophiles, end quote. Outrageous. The Secret Service was notified of the tweet. Fonda explained that he went too far in protesting the policy of separating immigrant children from their parents. You think? Yeah, exactly. There's been a big increase in sexual assaults on airplanes. The FBI says reports of sexual assaults aboard airplanes have nearly doubled since 2014. An FBI report released this week says 63 sexual assaults aboard airplanes were reported during 2017. That's up from 38 in 2014. An FBI official says the attacks generally occur on long flights when the cabin is dark and the victim is sleeping. They say if it happens to you, alert the flight crew right away. You bet. Out west, a California couple accused of torturing 12 of their 13 children are due in court again today. A judge is hearing evidence in the case to determine whether David and Louise Turpin will face a jury. That evidence includes a 20-minute 911 call from their 17-year-old daughter who managed to escape. In the call played in court yesterday, the girl tells dispatchers that her parents are abusive. 
Her siblings are chained to their beds, and the house is so filthy that sometimes she can't breathe. She also struggles to say where she lives, adding that she doesn't get out much. Oh, my. Yeah, back here in Florida, Parkland shooting survivors and siblings Lauren and David Hogg are urging Americans to vote for, quote, morally just leaders, end quote. In an appearance on The Tonight Show, the two talked about their experience experience on the day of the shooting and how they've become gun control activists since the February 14th massacre. David Hogg was recently asked on ABC's Good Morning America what he would say to someone who told him his gun control advocacy was infringing on their Second Amendment rights. I would say back a couple of decades ago when you could smoke everywhere, and people were getting a lot of cancer from secondhand smoke, even if they didn't smoke. They they implemented regulations that made it so that you didn't afflict those people around you by doing that, but people can still smoke. Lauren lost four close friends in the shooting. They were on The Tonight Show to promote their new book, Never Again, A New Generation Draws the Line. And finally, a final goodbye for New York City fashion designer Kate Spade will be held today. A funeral service for Spade is set for this afternoon in her hometown of Kansas City, Missouri, at Our Lady of Perpetual Help, Redemptorist Catholic Church. The 55-year-old design icon took her own life at her Manhattan apartment on June 5th. She survived by her husband, Andrew, and their 13-year-old daughter, Frances. WFLA News Time at 7.07 and read about an ex-Trump aide mocking an immigrant child with Down syndrome at 1025WFLA.com. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. We'll get to um, my take and yours on this Trump executive order with the border kids. But before that, I've got a story I need your help with. I cannot, for the life of me, understand why the Orange County Controller has not fired this woman working for her, despite the fact she admits to some outrageous sexual misconduct on the job. What's going on here? It's coming up on Good Morning Orlando from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. A word from Deb and then an update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I've been following a really interesting investigative report done by WFTV News, and it focuses on an Orange County employee by the name of Karen Peters, who was working with the county's Human Resources Division last year, and she suddenly um, was under investigation, and and she really hasn't denied any of this. Um, She had posted a photograph of the rear end of a UCF intern who was working with her up on Facebook and shared the photo in a sexually charged conversation on Facebook. She also sent photos and video of herself performing performing a sex act on herself while at her desk. So she left that department, Human Resources, while under investigation. She then applied for and got a job with the Orange County Comptroller, who is Phil Diamond. And then it came to light that she was under investigation for this kind of activity on the job. And uh, and, and right away I said, well, well, they must have fired her, right? Well, it hasn't happened. 
I want you to listen to Orange County Controller Phil Diamond interviewed by WFTV. The question, what did you think about the sexual misconduct that Peter's engaged in on the job, sir? This is disgusting. This is wrong. Uh, We were appalled. So why then didn't you fire her? She's somebody with very valuable skills. She's somebody that is doing a good job. Really? And she still has that job, and it's a well-paying job. Aren't there other people out there with some kind of character and moral fiber who can also do the job? Who's also really good with the software, Phil, for crying out loud? Don't lower the bar. Raise the bar. Orange County Mayor Teresa Jacobs said, If she could fire Peter, she would have. But apparently in the controller's division, it's Phil Diamond's call as the Orange County controller. It's not the mayor's. And he's not firing her. He says, I believe in second chances. Really? I got to tell you, also, if Karen Peters was a guy, Karen Peters would have been fired in five seconds. I think there's something going on there and maybe something else going on that I can't get a handle on it. But, you know... The taxpayers, I think, should have a higher expectation of our top officials than they find a way to protect people like this. In the private sector, she is toast in three seconds. And shouldn't it be that way when it's all about the taxpayers and we foot the bill? Unbelievable story there. At least I think so. Don't you think, don't you think she should be fired Let her go get her second chance somewhere else. Let her learn a lesson here. Just because she's good at her job, she gets to keep the job. I'm telling you right now, um, it's not a level playing field for guys and gals when it comes to sexual misconduct. I think as a guy, if if Karen Peters was Cal Peters, Cal Peters would have been fired by Phil Diamond. I can't prove that. I don't know that. But I'm paid to have an opinion and now you have mine in a couple of angles. 407-916-5400, text line 23680. What are your thoughts on that? I just can't believe that Orange County Controller Phil Diamond is giving Karen Peters, the employee, a pass and not firing her. Putting her, by the way, on permanent probation. So, yeah, she's on thin ice. You know, but she admitted to this gross sexual misconduct, some of it while on the job. But she's so good at her job, we're not going to fire her. We're just going to put her on probation. Sends all the wrong messages. Somebody on the phone who's dropped off said, well, why doesn't uh, Mayor Jacobs uh, fire fire her? Well, apparently the controller's office is a separate entity. She could have while she, when she was working over in the department under Teresa Jacobs, but she does not have the power to fire her. That would be Phil Diamond, and he needs to do it by everything I know. Uh, text line, uh, folks are weighing in on this, Yaffe. What do they think? Yeah, one person says this, says Phil Diamond should be fired at the ballot box. His judgment is now in question. Another person says, though, on the other side of it, says, whatever happened to giving people a second chance? If it's only if it's the only thing she's done, um, how about be forgiving? Wow. Okay. Again, I think there's a double standard here. I, I think I think that there would have been a hair trigger on firing this employee if this employee were a guy in the workplace. Yeah, I one really person do. says the employee is a woman and a minority, so the person is untouchable. I don't I don't know that the woman's a minority. Not by the photograph I've seen. Oh, okay, that's does just what not the text a, does not says. appear. 
to me. Let's listen to President Trump signing the executive order on those families, the kids on the border that he said he couldn't sign and wouldn't sign. Here he is yesterday afternoon in the White House. We're signing an executive order. I consider it to be a very important executive order. It's about keeping families together while at the same time being sure that we have a very powerful, very strong border and border security will be equal, if not greater than previously. And uh, here's the president being pretty candid on why he's signing the order. He couldn't take the heat from the media or from his own family. Ivanka feels very strongly. My wife feels very strongly about it. Uh, I feel very strongly about it. I think uh, anybody with a heart would feel very strongly about it. We don't like to see families separated. At the same time, we don't want people coming into our country illegally. This takes care of the problem. I don't know that it takes care of the problem. I think this is going to get thrown out in court. Um, And uh, I think we still have a mess on our hands. And if you think Congress is going to solve it, they're going to vote on one or two or maybe both immigration bills in the House today. I don't see how they ever get the votes to pass them. And if they do, it will die in the Senate. They'll never get 60 votes there. And this mess will continue. The president, without question, much as I like what he's doing, He caved on this, and it's rare that he'll step down from a stand he takes. We know that, and it's one of the things I like about him. He definitely caved, but he didn't cave on zero tolerance. We'll have much more on this in the 8 o'clock hour. But I want to bring in Bertha from DeLand, who's got something to say. Go ahead, Bertha. Good morning. I feel sorry for Trump. I really do. Really? Trump is not anti-immigrant. Why do people think this? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Trump was born and raised in New York City, a Democratic Wait a minute. Hang on, hang on. Stop. Stop. Bertha, listen to me. Did you say Trump is anti-immigrant? Immigrants. He married two immigrants. Why do you think Trump is anti-immigrant? Do you think he is? Neither do I. I like he's, the old Trump. No, he is not. He's anti-illegal immigrant. No, he's not. Who works for him in all his businesses? Who does he have working for him, uh, um, Bud? He has to be this in order to be president. Why do you think he came down the escalator talking about Mexico? He's not writing the script. I feel sorry for him. And what do you think about him signing the order yesterday? And how do you think this is going to get resolved, Bertha? It's going to go back to the can't keep him more than 20 days. But Trump is not who he... You need to ask yourself, why did he beat all those Republicans who had more political experience? Forget about Hillary. Why did he beat them? Because his policies and his approach and his get-tough-no-nonsense approach of a guy who's not a politician, an outsider, and a Uh businessman resonated with the American public, Bertha. Well, he is playing a a, 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 a role, and that is not who Trump really is. Go back and look at his record. Well, who is Trump, then? You tell me. He is not who he says he is. Who is he, then? He is Trump. The real Trump would never live in New York and say the things he's doing. He's been a Democrat all his life. The people that's writing the script for him, he has to do what he has to do to be president. Wow. The real Trump is not who we see now. Well, wait a minute. Who's writing the script for him, Bertha? Miller. Uh, a lot of religious people, okay? Like Jim Baker and a lot of them, okay? 
Yeah. But I'm going to say Trump is not who he is today. I just, I, I, I live in New York 50-some years, and yeah. this is not the real Trump. Okay. I don't know. It's pretty real to me. Anyway, more on this in the 8 o'clock hour. All right, Deb Meister. We're interrupting our big celebration of the first day of summer to bring you a little news. I know. <laughs> We've a, waited and waited for the summer solstice, and it's finally here. At just when we came on the air this morning, yeah, right? 6.07. Yeah. Regardless of the fact, it's felt like summer here since pretty much February. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's for sure. It's a whole different deal down here in Florida. So what's going on? Well, an executive order that ends the border separation policy has been signed by President Trump. We're signing an executive order. It's about keeping families together while at the same time being sure that we have a very powerful, very strong border and border security. The executive order allows children to remain with their parents in illegal immigration detention centers. However, Trump said his administration will continue enforcing a zero-tolerance policy at the southern border. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. File this under the, well, it was a good idea, but, yeah, file. Yeah, I have had a lot of those in my time. Yeah, yeah. I have too. There's a lot of wreckage in the wake of some <laughs> of my good ideas. Well, I bet it's not this bad. All right. A restaurant in southwest China has gone out of business after it offered an all-you-can-eat promotion. The restaurant owners Su Ji and Wang Mengfan offered a month-long all-you-can-eat membership for just $19. Sounds good. Yeah, well, they say the deal backfired when for about two weeks... Around 500 customers would arrive each and every day and sometimes stay from 8 a.m. until after midnight. Oh, my God. Eating the whole way. Eating the whole way. The restaurant was forced to close its doors seven months after opening. The promotion put the owners in $80,000 worth of debt in only 14 days. I'm surprised that doesn't happen more often with these, you know, all you can eat. I don't know how you ever regulate that. And if you get a whole bunch of people who are just committing to eating you out of house and home, I would think it would break the bank, wouldn't you? Oh, absolutely. You never hear about these places going out of business, but there's... There's the example yeah, right sure there. Is. Yeah, you bet. You got to be careful when you sneak in your Ziploc baggies to fill up with the food from the buffet. <laughs> you got to do it really stealthy. Okay, you know? really? Okay. Uh, Burger King's Russian division took down and apologized for an ad on social media promising 3 million rubles, or about $47,000, and a lifetime supply of Whoppers to women who could get impregnated by World Cup team members. you got to be kidding me. I wish I were. Gee, what the is campaign... that? <laughs> what? Really? <laughs> yeah. The campaign was posted on VK, Russia's version of Facebook, and according to Deadspin, roughly translated into Burger King, within the framework of social responsibility, has appointed a reward for girls who get pregnant from the stars of world football. Each will receive 3 million rubles and a lifelong supply of Whoppers. For these girls, it will be possible to get the best football genes and will lay down the success of the Russian national team on several generations ahead. Oh, it's all about the next generation of soccer stars and oh, yeah. oh the Ruskies. Forward, <laughs> we believe in you. All right. Well, Burger King has since pulled the campaign and offered an <laughs> apology on VK, stating it was, quote, too offensive. <laughs> But Burger King Russia's ad shouldn't come as a surprise, given the fact that the company caught heat last year for using a rape victim's likeness for a promotion. Gee, wisdom. <laughs> 
Gotta love those Ruskies. Man, oh man. Finally back here stateside. <laughs> Good news, a Philadelphia Phillies fan is on the mend after getting a black eye from a hot dog. You guys are talking about this in the newsroom, but I didn't <laughs> yeah. catch it all. I am listening with everyone else. I'm still laughing about this. Kathy McVeigh was allegedly injured by the flying meat during Monday's game when the Philly Fanatic mascot began firing wieners into the stands with a hot dog cannon. Like the way they, they fire T-shirts into the stands at a Magic game or exactly. something. Exactly. T-shirts a lot softer. Yes. Hot dogs wrapped in duct tape. Not so much. Gee whiz. The Phillies have since apologized and offered her tickets to a future game. McVeigh told the local news that she loves the Phillies and will definitely go. But next time, she's going to sit in the nosebleed section. <laughs> Out of range. Out of range. Well, she's already got a black eye. Let's see if she can also get the nosebleed. Holy smokes. What a story. <laughs> Thanks. I was wondering what the rest of the story was on that. Crazy stuff, Deb Meister. I don't know where you get it. but uh, I don't either. This stuff. But uh, she keeps coming up with it. We call oh. it the Deb segment because this is news that's real that you just don't hear anywhere else. And my partner brings it to us. And I enjoy the segment as much as I know you do. Deb, we'll catch you later on for a news update at the top of the hour. You got it, bud, All man. right, good deal. Um, good morning, Orlando, from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Is at LauraHasTheBuyers.com. Once a day, every day, we play the Sound Judgment Game, and we've got a great family prize right now. Um, you know, as a matter of fact, I don't know, they might be firing T-shirts, hopefully not hot dogs, into the stands at the mascot games in Orlando down at the, down at the Amway Center. And you're going on us with a family four-pack. This is one of the coolest events. You'll be a hero to your kids or your grandkids. It's a great family thing. It's just it's fun. All the great mascots from the sports teams around the country show up to compete in the mascot games. You're going on us, so get on the phone right now. You're eligible to play and win if you have not won sound judgment in the last month. 407-916-5400. 407-916-5400. Sound judgment coming up right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you in two minutes here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Sound judgment, and we're going to the movies here in just a moment. But now let's talk about the prize for today's sound judgment winner. Steph, what do we got? So today we have a four pack of tickets to the mascot games presented by Wawa on Saturday, June 23rd at 2 p.m. See Stuff, Nitro, Kingston, and over 20 fan favorites battle it out through wacky games. For tickets, visit 1025WFLA.com. Keyword tickets, benefiting new hope for kids. Yeah, it's a great cause, and it's a great family event. You will love the mascot games, the great sports mascots, all there, duking it out in fun competitions. Perfect, clean family fun. You'll be a hero to your kids or your grandkids, and it's coming up this weekend. Now, 407-916-5400, the number if you want to get in. Right now we have the phone lines full, but if somebody goes down with the wrong answer, we'll open up that line, 407-916-5400. Be ready to grab it. The latest Jurassic Park Dinosaur Spectacular hits local movie theaters today. Can't wait to see this. Want you to listen to a little sound from the official trailer for Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Then use your sound judgment to tell me this. Including the new Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom film, how many Jurassic Park Dinosaur movies have there been? These creatures were here before us. And if we're not careful, they're going to be here after. I am ready for that movie, and I've seen them all. My question, 
How many Jurassic Park movies, including the new one, have been made? I think I'm just for fun going to start up the row on line three. Go ahead, line three. There are five. Five. Yes. It's the answer. Wow. How about that? That was quick. Have you seen them all? Uh, just the first couple. Here we go. I'm going to take you through um, the list. First of all, what's your name? Michelle. Michelle? Have you got one or two L's in that? Two. Two L's? Okay. And, and what town are you calling in from today? Deltona. Beautiful. Thank you. It's great to have you with us. Jurassic Park started it all in 1993. Then in 97, the Lost World Jurassic Park. 2001, Jurassic Park 3. 2015, Jurassic World. And now, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. You into the Jurassic Park dinosaur movies? A little bit. It's good stuff. But you have won the mascot game tickets. Ever been to the mascot games, Michelle? No, I haven't. I think you're going to love this. And um, it, it's just perfect family fun. And uh, it's for a great charitable cause, as Steph said. All right, don't go away, Michelle. You and Stephanie will talk it over, and we'll make sure we get you the prize or tell you how to get that prize ASAP because the, the games are this weekend. Congratulations, Michelle. Thank you. All right, don't go away. And uh, a woman, a few words, talking with a bud man here. But that's okay. Um, that's it. Sound judgment. We'll have another game for another great prize tomorrow. You know, it's interesting. We had the um, sound judgment game pegged to the latest Jurassic um, Park franchise, the latest dinosaur movie that, that's coming out today. And I can't wait to see it. I've seen them all. And Yaffe and I were talking off air. Now, Yaffe and I are a generation apart. We had different reactions to the first Jurassic Park, which most people think is the best. And, and in no small part because we were seeing stuff on the screen we had never seen before. Yeah. What do you remember? What What is your takeaway from that, your impression from 1993? You're just a kid at that point, Yeah, right? I was seven years old, and I went, with, I went with my dad. I remember being there to the movie theater, and I was pretty scared. Uh, when the, the T-Rex part, you know, when it's raining, when you first see the T-Rex, I remember oh, being yeah. really scared. But then, you know, by the end of the movie, you end up almost liking the T-Rex. I was blown away when they took the first shot early in the movie of these giant slow-moving, long-necked... To me, they're a brontosaurus. There's something right. like that. We had never seen that. And then that dramatic music is playing... Da, 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 oh, yeah. da, da, and the music is phenomenal in that movie. And, uh, and I just couldn't believe it. My God, these creatures have literally been brought to life on the screen with a technology we had not seen before that. Yeah, it was really one of the first movies that used a lot of CGI... You know, it had animatronics as well for the close-ups, but for the full dinosaur pictures, they use CGI, and it still holds up today. It I can does. go watch it today, and it still looks incredibly realistic. It's amazing. Yeah, it really, really is. You know, we talk about animatronics. I mean, that all started with, like, King Kong, where they would right. use puppets yeah. and uh, and 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 all of that kind of... And they still use that technology, but then they had the CGI, and that just changed everything. And this is the groundbreaking film that started uh, the, right. the five-film series, the one in 1993 that everybody remembers. What's really interesting is the new Jurassic World movie, they actually went back and used animatronics for a lot of the scenes, for the close-up scenes. Did they? Yeah. So there was a lot of scenes that they used animatronics. They still have CGI for most of it, but uh, a lot of movies are bringing back the animatronics because it looks more realistic to people. Yeah. CGI still looks kind of fake. 
to a lot of people. All right, cool. Good stuff. Can't wait to see the movie. Um, what's going on? I'm glad you asked. A lot more on this Trump and the executive order. Uh, live report on that, and we'll be talking with you. I mean, we torched the phones and the text line on this earlier in the show. We're bringing it back for you folks who join us in the 8 o'clock hour. And topping the hour, of course, Deborah Roberts with the news and an order ending the border separation policy that was so controversial, signed by the president who said he couldn't and wouldn't sign it. He did. And deadly drownings on Florida panhandle beaches. What's going on there? We'll find out. It's Good Morning Orlando on a Thursday from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Good morning to you. We're glad you're with us here at 759. Good morning, Orlando. Top of the morning to you here on a Thursday at 8 o'clock. First day of summer. Yay. Aha. Updating Orlando's news, weather, and traffic right off the top for you right here, right now on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning an order ending the border separation policy is signed by President Trump. And there's been a rash of deadly drownings on Panhandle beaches. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. My take and yours on the Trump executive order on those border kids. Coming up on Good Morning Orlando. And good Thursday morning. It's uh, 8.02 on News Radio 102.5. President Trump has signed an executive order that ends the border separation policy. The forced separation of migrant children from their parents prompted a huge controversy. Trump noted that he, too, did not like the sight of families being separated. Anybody with a heart would feel very strongly about it. At the same time, we don't want people coming into our country illegally. This takes care of the problem. Trump said his administration will continue enforcing a zero-tolerance policy at the southern border. Last week, the president told reporters that the separation policy could not be reversed with an executive order. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Controversy continues. We'll be taking calls and text messages on this in this half hour, Deb. Florida's U.S. senators are reacting to President Trump's executive order ending the separation of illegal immigrant families who try to cross the border. Republican Marco Rubio called it, quote, welcome news, but said it could face a legal challenge. What the White House decided to do today was welcome news, but Congress still needs to act because what they're doing, while very humane, violates something called the Flores Settlement which means someone's going to take this to court and they're going to get it thrown out. Rubio is among several GOP senators introducing a bill that allows people who unlawfully enter the country to be held together with their children and adds new judges to expedite their hearings. Meanwhile, on the Senate floor, Democrat Bill Nelson praised Republicans who increased the pressure on President Trump to change the policy separating children from their families. I'm proud of our colleagues on that side of the aisle who have rightfully stood up and publicly condemned this practice because every American knows that taking children from their parents is just not right. But Nelson said the president's order doesn't solve the problem because it implies you can hold families forever and does nothing to reunify the 2,300 children who were taken away from their parents. Live report on this coming right up. In other news, more people are drowning in the Gulf of Mexico. Pensacola Beach Chief of Water Safety Dave Greenwood says the uptick comes from the change of seasons. A lot of people are out of school and the vacationers are coming down to the beautiful Gulf of Mexico and going in the water this time of year. Unfortunately, sad, this something this beautiful can also have a, a high risk involved when people go into the open body of water. Greenwood advises that novice swimmers should stay near lifeguard stations. He did, however, add that surfers are exempt from red flag no swimming advisories since their surfboards count as personal flotation devices. 
And Bay County has reported roughly seven drowning deaths in just the last month. That's the most in 10 years. Yeah, you folks in the newsroom did a little research on this. You found out they don't have the same kind of beach safety program there that we have along our coastal beaches, right? Yeah, like the Volusia County Beach Safety, you know, they always have officials with that. We would have figured they would have something comparable in the Panhandle where you have very popular beaches. Pensacola, Panama City, big spring break destinations, and yet they don't beautiful beaches, but you're on your own. But you're on your own. Absolutely. And finally, uh, speaking of going to the beach and elsewhere, more Americans will travel for the 4th of July weekend than ever before. That's a prediction from AAA, which says nearly 47 million Americans will journey 50 miles or more away from home. That's a 5% increase from just last year. And that includes 2.4 million Floridians traveling over the holiday weekend, up 6.3% more than a year ago. As you might expect, AAA says consumers remain confident in the economy and have additional disposable income to put toward a summer getaway. Also helps that gas prices continue to go down from their high around Memorial Day. 275 they were during that holiday weekend. Now they're down to almost 253 was what I paid the other day. Yeah, they they peaked. Um, I follow this stuff um, at 289, and I'm now seeing 246. So it's well 246. Over. Yes, yes. There's a speedway up there on 1792 by Button Road and the Applebee's in the Maitland Castleberry area. 246 on the right end this morning. You know, forget GasBuddy.com. GasBud. That go with GasBud. Absolutely. The best prices in all of Central Florida. I got plenty of gas, too. <laughs> yeah, right? I, I got a, at least one more hour in the tank right now, by the way. <laughs> well, so stay with us. That's my cue to exit stage yeah. left. WFLA News Time, it's 8.07. Watch as a 300-pound bear manages to squeeze through a tiny kitchen window at 1025WFLA.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando with Bud Hedinger and Deborah Roberts on News Radio 1025. Let's get right to it now and listen to the president signing that executive order on the border kids and border families, the one he said he couldn't and wouldn't sign just days ago. We're signing an executive order. I consider it to be a very important executive order. It's about keeping families together while at the same time being sure that we have a very powerful, very strong border and border security will be equal, if not greater than previously. All right, let me ask you about the politics of this. Has the president lost you if you're a Trump supporter? He definitely caved on this, there is no question. But he did not cave on zero tolerance on the border, and I'm glad to hear that. But I don't know how this gets resolved. We'll have a live report, and we'll, we'll take your input and your reaction to all of this at 407-916-5400. Hit the text line, never busy, 23680, but standard message and data rates apply. And we'll begin our um, comprehensive coverage of this with a live report with one of our top flight News Radio 1025 national correspondents in a moment. But join the conversation Give us a call. Hit the text line now. An update on Atlanta's news, weather, and traffic for you in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. What's your take on the president? Definitely doing a 180. That's definitely a cave in. He said he wasn't going to and couldn't sign that executive order, and he did it yesterday. That's a rare flip flop by this president, and it doesn't play too well with some of you, and I understand that. But I like the idea that he's staying with zero tolerance. But there are problems ahead in that regard, I think. 
And to get into all of this, let's bring in News Radio's fine 1025 News Radio 1025 National Correspondent, our good friend Bill Zimfer. Bill, good morning to you. Good morning, Bud. And you are you are right. Uh, this executive order has a couple of loose ends uh, that uh, need to be tied up. And uh, perhaps the president is hoping that, again, uh, Congress will take care of this for him. But uh, what he did was sign the executive order to end the separation of families at the border. And as you said, while maintaining that uh, zero tolerance policy. But what it doesn't do is address the over 2000 children who have already been separated from their parents. There is no procedure in place to get Get them reunited. Uh, and in some cases, it's a logistical uh, big problem to do that. Uh, either they have already been deported, uh, the parents or the children are being relocated. And it's very difficult to get that done. So right. a lot of work to be done on that part. Then uh, still, we have the issue of what we're hearing about the, the Flores settlement. Uh, you're going to hear a lot about this. This executive order asks that this uh, Flores settlement be modified. It, as it stands, prohibits immigration authorities from keeping children in detention for more than 20 days, even if they are detained with their parents. So the clock so is you... already ticking on this, and unless the judge yep. revises that and modifies it, and many believe she will not do that, 20 Correct. days, and now what? Then what? Not not a lot of time. Yeah, what do you do then? Uh, do you release the children without releasing the parents? Do you release the entire family? Uh, so, yeah, major questions to be answered, and you're right, bud. The judge in this case is not likely to reverse this. Uh, she is a, a staunch advocate for immigrants, has defended right. immigrants before. So that is not likely to happen. Even if it were to happen, then the question is, could families be detained indefinitely? Uh, so I, there are many, many questions to be answered. Again, I believe the president is hoping that Congress will be able to get something done on immigration, making all of this moot. Well, there are two Republican immigration plans they're going to vote on today in the House. But I, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't see anybody suggesting they have enough votes to pass them, and they would both be dead on arrival in the Senate where you need 60 votes, and that's not happening. Yeah, I think you're right on it there, Bud. Uh, there are two bills in the House of Representatives, one more conservative that really doesn't stand much of a chance. The other is a compromise bill put forth by Paul Ryan, but even it generated a confrontation on the House floor last night yeah. uh, with Mark Meadows from North Carolina jawing with uh, Paul Ryan over uh, what's included in this bill. So its future in the House is in doubt, and you're right. You go to the Senate, you still need 60 votes to pass, which means Democratic support, unlikely. What a mess, but a great job sorting through it for us as always by News Radio 1025 National Correspondent Bill Zimfer. Always appreciate your perspectives. Thanks for coming on, Bill. Anytime, bud. You bet. Now, you tell me, if you're pro-Trump, do you feel sold out? He caved on this. There's no other way to look at it. I understand why he did it, but he did it. And uh, the other issue is, if you're anti-Trump, are you still mad at him? Because you're always mad at him. You wake up mad at him. You go to sleep mad at him. You dream mad at him. He's your ultimate nightmare. Now you got another reason to be mad at him because, wait a minute, wait a minute. That executive order didn't get rid of zero tolerance. No, it didn't. Where are you on all that's happened in this dramatic past 24 hours? 407-916-5400. You're next. Or you hit the text line, never busy. 23680, standard message and data rates apply there. This whole immigration situation, about as hot as a talk topic gets. 
And now it's time to hear from the smartest audience in talk radio, beginning with our first caller out of Titusville. John, you're on with a Bud Man. Good morning to you. Good morning, Bud. Uh, there's crazy talk out there that the, the news and the, the Democrats came up with this whole immigration thing, which has been going on for years, to take uh, uh, the news, take the focus off of the hearings. That would never happen, right, Bud? Now, what I hearing? Guess, what, hang on a minute, John. What hearings are you referring to? The, uh, the IG, yes, or, or Tuesday, spent another day. Yeah. Some, Jim Jordan had some great points. Uh, Gowdy had some great points. Not a word about it yesterday. Not even, uh, not even on your fake news, which is the David Hogg fan club, which. Uh, seems to be, <laughs> yeah, and it's uh, cu- it's cutting into CNN Stormy Daniels coverage. You know, I mean, it's uh, it's rough out there. You know. <laughs> but 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 th- but this is the biggest scandal that's hit this nation, and not a word about it. It's like a squirrel to a dog. Let's throw out this, and then everybody will focus on it. Come on, this is the big stuff here. This this. this the FBI tried to change this whole the the election. Oh, I don't deny I don't deny that it's huge, but I, I don't think this is an orca- orchestrated you know um, uh, mass distraction, a plot on either side. I really don't. I just think it's you know it's the news of the day. The other stuff will will still be with us. But I understand where you're coming from, Mike. You're in St. Cloud. Good morning, Mike. What are you thinking about all of this? Hey, Bud, this, by the way, it is a distraction with the immigration debate, but this is like a triple win for Trump. This is, this truly is like the checkmate on three levels. Go ahead, explain. First of all, he keeps his 100% enforcement. Then he shows compassion by issuing an executive order of which he knows is going to get dropped into a federal court in the next 27 seconds, mm-hmm. and some judge from the left is going to say, uh, unconstitutional, and then Trump wins again by saying, I tried to save the children, but the left said, no, we need to drop them off in the desert and separate them. This is a win, and the Republicans are going to pass legislation. It's going to die in the Senate with the same left and rhinos going, no, we hate Trump. Trump wins 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 wow pretty cool analysis i like that i think he ought to be hosting this show that was pretty good yaffy what's coming on the, te- the text line there <laughs> you're already finding a replacement That's it. i'm out okay. i'm out i think i just found my replacement if it's not if it's not you it's got to be him all right go uh, ahead you know, one person said um i'm good with what the president did family should not be separated but zero tolerance is a must uh, another person said i am still with trump if everyone is complaining that we are separating the kids from the parents, then why not just detain them all? They're all technically breaking the law. And another person said Trump knew he couldn't do it with the stroke of a pen, so this is an effort to force Congress to act. Okay, we'll see. Of course, he did do it with a stroke of a pen, what he said he couldn't do, and I think a lot of folks are not happy with that, but he's still, he's still on zero tolerance, and that to me is the big thing here. Uh, Bob and Longwood weighing in. Good morning to you, Bob. Uh, thank you. Yeah, uh, six months ago, with the government shutdown and everything like that, you know, that he wanted money for his wall, he folded back then. He said that would never happen again. And actually, he folded yesterday. And, and, and not only that, I voted for the man, Trump. I didn't vote for his wife or his daughter. I want him, you know, actually, I voted for him. And, and you know, he should... Do the right thing. I well, mean, let, me, let me ask you. He wimped out on this. He certainly caved, okay? You can say whatever you want, and I understand the reasons why he did it. Has he lost you, Bob? Well, no, he didn't lose me yet, but he's very close. You know, uh, 
I, I, you know who loses, I'll tell you the truth? It's the white people and the black people. Because I'll tell you the truth, it seems like the Spanish people are getting away with everything. That's interesting. Okay. Well, boy, you've been hardcore Trump, you know, ever since the debates. We, you know, we hosted at a local restaurant, um, and I remember you were there for all of them, and you were very pro-Trump. It's interesting how many pro-Trumpers might be getting a little bit close to, uh, uh, to the edge. We'll see. Uh, at any rate, at, at 8.30 here, Deb updating our news and more on this immigration order signed by the president and the surrounding controversy. And Woodchucks. Woodchucks to blame for missing veterans' flags? The Deb Meister with our news, followed by the House Call with Dr. Kronhouse. Lots coming up. Stay with us if you can. And good morning, Orlando, at 829 now. Back with us from the newsroom, my co-host Deborah Roberts with the big story of the morning. Hello again, Deb. Hello again, Bud. And you're right. The policy of separating immigrant families at the border is coming to an end. President Trump reversed himself yesterday by signing an executive order stopping the practice of taking children from their parents when they're caught illegally crossing the border. We're going to have strong, very strong borders, but we're going to keep the families together. I didn't like the sight or the feeling of families being separated. The executive order allows children to remain with their parents in illegal immigration detention centers. This news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. How much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? Ooh, haven't heard that in a while. Well, it turns out it's not wood at all, and authorities say it's furry critters, not vandals, are likely to blame for American flags that have disappeared from veterans' graves in Massachusetts. The flags at Bellevue Cemetery in Adams were first reported missing earlier this month. Residents volunteered to replace the flags by hand, but then those went missing too. Hmm. Hmm. Well, police were called in to investigate, and Chief Richard Tarsa told the Boston Globe on Monday, Bud, that officers found evidence that a woodchuck is likely using the flags in its burrow. Really? Patriotic woodchucks? It's a very patriotic woodchuck. Still not nice to do that. Tarsa said a similar incident happened in New York in 2012, where police linked a woodchuck to about 75 flags that disappeared from Cedar Park Cemetery. He says about 12 to 18 flags were damaged in Adams. Police say they still plan to keep an eye on the cemetery. No kidding. Those sneaky woodchucks. Yaffe, what what do you think's (laughs) going on with the... There's a big woodchuck movement going on here. Why woodchucks? I don't know. Are woodchucks, do they have those in Canada? Are they Canadian woodchucks? They're sent here from <laughs> Trudeau. <laughs> you think it, oh, wow. Big conspiracy. <laughs> wow. Uh, it could be. It could be like what? an anti any Trump thing or something. It's got to be. I am curious, what, what are the woodchucks doing with it? Lining their burrow with them. Nice little fabric. Oh, okay. Keeps them warm. You gotcha. Gotcha. At least they've got style. You got to hang out underground like that. You want some cushy digs, you know? A nice silky flag. How do you protect from that? I don't don't. think think there's a way. (laughs) You just don't. (laughs) Just keep replacing the flags with a shotgun. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Speaking of someone who doesn't have style, a man with a gun tattooed on his face, literally right between his eyes, is charged with illegally possessing a gun, but not for the tattoo. Wait a minute. The tattoo. Looks like a gun. It's a gun, and it's tattooed right across his forehead. Wow. Has Second classy. Amendment guy through <laughs> classy and Classy guy. Oh, yeah. Definitely want to bring him home to meet the parents. Police in Greenville, South Carolina, say Michael Vines tried to toss away a loaded thirty-eight caliber revolver after a recent car wreck. Firefighters told police they saw Vines throw the gun into a grassy area after the crash. 
Police found the gun and charged Vines with unlawfully carrying a firearm, driving with a suspended license, and speeding. Greenville police say Vines is federally prohibited from possessing a firearm, so that might be the reason why he had one tattooed on his forehead. I wouldn't be surprised. Well, you know, he could always take a selfie because today is National Selfie Day. Really? Yes. There's a National Selfie Day? Oh, yes. Okay. But heads up before you take that selfie. According to a report published in the journal JAMA, Journal of the American Medical Association, facial plastic surgery, taking selfies at a distance of about 12 inches from your face increases the perceived size of your nose by nearly 30%. (laughs) 29% for women. This has some real-life applications here, but researchers are now cautioning that patients interested in cosmetic procedures should not turn to selfies as guidance when considering making changes to their faces. And this is a big deal. Now, within its first year of existence, Google Photos saw more than 25 billion selfies uploaded onto its servers. Now, to put that into perspective, there are about 8 billion people living on the entire planet. So that's like three selfies for everybody and a little left over. Exactly. <laughs> now, the selfie phenomenon might be causing people to engage in surgeries based on selfies. According to a 2018 poll conducted by the American Academy of Facial Plastic and Reconstructive Surgeons, 55% of surgeons reported having patients, even members of their own families, seeking cosmetic procedures to improve their perceived appearance in selfies. Now, that's up 42% from 2016. Nose shaping or rhinoplasty was the third most common cosmetic surgical procedure in 2017 in the okay. U.S. Heads up, it typically costs 6000 to 15000 per procedure. So don't rely on the selfies. I can never take a good selfie. I'm never happy with you a selfie. You need a selfie stick. you got to get some distance. That's what it is. Yeah, you got to get the gotta distance get so you get more than 12 inches away from your face. Yeah, otherwise, you get that fisheye lens look. You so know? I should Just not get plastic surgery? Do not get saying? plastic surgery. Okay. Do you know, not get plastic surgery. You're guy in the entire staff, for crying out loud. <laughs> right? Wouldn't you say that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's Everybody like four you. people on the staff. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Hey, but your tops, Mike. <laughs> Well, it's not a good sample size, not a big sample size, but everybody's pro-Yaffe. We love Yaffe. Absolutely. Thank you, Deb Meister. No You're welcome. plastic surgery then, all right. Yeah, all no right. plastic surgery, but yeah. celebrate National Selfie Day. Okay. I don't I don't think Doc's got anything on plastic surgery this morning in the house call, but he would know better than I. We're going to bring him on, Dr. Ken Kronhouse, with a weekly bag full of breaking health and medical news I don't think you're going to hear anywhere else. Uh, we're going to find out whether today's sleepy teens might become tomorrow's heart patients. There's a whole lot of news coming up from Dr. Kronhaus next on the 50,000-watt front porch right after I update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you, and I'll do it in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Here on Good Morning Orlando, we care about your health and well-being. After all, without you, who would listen to the show? That's why each Thursday at this time, we welcome our own doctor, Ken Kronhaus. My heart doctor, my good friend, Dr. Kronhaus. Ken, welcome aboard. Always great to have you with us here for the weekly house call. Great to be with you all, bud. All right, so here we go. First item up, we got a lot of fat people in this country. You always talk about the obesity epidemic. And why do so many folks who are fat have so much trouble losing the weight? 
Out of the Hudson Institute report this week, overweight and obese folks hold starkly different views on diet and exercise, bud, than their normal weight peers. Taste is their top consideration when choosing what to eat. Nutritional labels are rarely examined, and their relationship with food tends to be more impulsive and emotional. And while many obese folks were open to the idea of smaller meal portions, they were less likely to exercise than normal weight people. Cost was also a factor with many believing that healthier foods were more expensive. And the fact is they don't have to be. Boy, I got to tell you, some of these habits are just a doggone hard to break, aren't they? They are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hey, very interesting here. You know, there's a new way to determine, according to research Dr. K is going to share with us now, uh, whether or not you're actually following that diet you're on. What can you tell us? So we doctors prescribe the, the diet. You say you're on it. Well, mm-hmm. how do we know? Yeah. Imagine a blood test detecting small molecules revealing whether a person is following a prescribed diet. Well, the future is here. Findings published this week in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition Bud demonstrate that dozens of measurable metabolites in the blood can easily show adherence to a diet. This was shown using the DASH diet, a diet which is designed to lower blood pressure, emphasizing fruits and vegetables, while restricting red meat, sodium, and sweets. We're not going to be able to get away with anything, right? (laughs) (laughs) Might as well just be honest with the doctor, right? (laughs) He'll find out, or she. Hey, listen, you know, you often teach us about the connection between the body and the mind in terms of health. There's more research out on that now about what severe mental stress does to our immune system. What's the story? Exactly. Journal of the American Medical Association this week. Intense emotional stress, but increases your odds of developing an autoimmune disease. We know about the immune system. It protects us from bugs and foreign bodies. Well, autoimmune diseases occur when the immune system begins attacking our own body. Stress is associated with a 36% greater risk of developing 41 autoimmune diseases, including rheumatoid arthritis, psoriasis, Crohn's disease, and celiac disease. Wow. Several possible explanations for why stress can increase the chances of developing an autoimmune disease include getting less sleep, increased drug or alcohol use, and direct effects of stress on the nervous system. And the good news out of this article is that treating stress lowers the risk of autoimmune disease. So please get help if you need it. Boy, that's terrific. That's important, profound stuff there. And this headline intrigued me when I shared it with our listeners earlier, so I can't wait for your take on it. Today's sleepy teens, tomorrow's heart patient stock. Out of pediatrics this week, most kids do not get enough sleep, and that may put them on a path to future heart trouble. Young teens who sleep less than seven hours a night tend to have more body fat, elevated blood pressure, and less healthy cholesterol levels, all bad for the heart. How about that? And earlier on, I, I, I shared this as well. The question, is being married good or bad for your long-term heart health? What do you know? Out of the medical journal Heart this week, people who are married are less likely to develop cardiovascular disease or die from a heart attack or stroke than individuals who are not married. 
These conclusions are from a review of 34 previous studies involving more than 2 million people. There are many reasons marriage might have a protective effect, including potentially more financial stability and more social support. Married patients are more likely to take their medications, more likely to participate in rehabilitation, and more likely to recognize early symptoms. Doc, before you leave us on the house call here, a lot of folks have been uh, following the media reports on this Florida boy who got very seriously ill after a brush with a caterpillar. You know, there's so many critters in Florida that we're, we're wary of, but I've never thought much about the danger a caterpillar might pose. What can you tell us? Lessons here for all of us. 15-year-old Logan Parola, he was picking up tree branches last weekend when he inadvertently touched a southern flannel moth. Southern flannel moth, also known as a pus caterpillar because of its soft fur, is one of the most venomous caterpillars in the United States. Common reactions to the stings include headache, fever, nausea, and convulsions. The caterpillars like citrus, oak, and elm trees. Logan had to go to the ER for treatment of his allergic reaction to the stings to receive intravenous steroids and antihistamines. To prevent all this, you want to use gloves and cover the rest of your skin if you're going to handle these trees. Boy, I got to tell you, his arm was a mess and he was in rough shape. Uh, Cautionary tale there for all of us on venomous caterpillars here in the Sunshine State. Great stuff, all kinds of information and uh, We love the house call with my Dr. Ken Kronhaus. Look for it every Thursday here in Good Morning Orlando at 840. Thanks once again, and we appreciate you so much, Doc. Be well, bud. You bet. And um, if you want to see what shape your heart is in, because a lot of times you don't get symptoms, you know, leading to what could be a heart attack that takes you out, you need to check in at Lake Cardiology where Dr. Kronhaus practices. I mean, he is amazing. Uh, The amount of attention and care he gives for every patient is absolutely legendary and unique in my experience. And his heart care technology, like the BudScan 2.0, I mean, this will end all the guesswork about what shape your ticker's in. So give him a call, schedule an appointment, and here is the number to Lake Cardiology, 352-735-1400. 352-735-1400. Ask about that BudScan 2.0 heart scan he's got. Most insurance will cover it, and it is a lifesaver. Dr. Kronhaus will... um. Be on the radio Sunday afternoon in his nationally syndicated program right here on WFLA. I recommend it to you heartily. Good Day Health with Dr. Ken, Sundays right here at 2 p.m. Let me tell you a little bit about what's in these two Republican immigration bills because the Democrats are going to give no support whatsoever. They've already said that. The bottom line, both of these bills have President Trump's support and they cover similar Republican priorities on immigration. They both cover the four pillars of Republican immigration priorities as outlined by the president. They both include funding for the Trump border wall to the tune of 25 to $30 billion. They both provide legal status for DACA recipients, but not a path to citizenship. They end the diversity visa lottery, um, and they limit the so-called chain migration, uh, where immigrants who already live in the United States can bring their unlimited number of family members in. I don't see 218 votes for either one. Yaffe, you're going to be following this today, and it may well be part of your primetime show here on WFLA tonight. Yeah, we'll see what happens, but I'll be on tonight at 8 p.m., 8 to 9 p.m., and we'll talk about this, and I'll give my reaction to everything that's going on 
dealing with immigration. Immigration is red hot and as yep. well it should be. You're on with Beyond Reason and taking calls and text messages tonight just as we do in the morning yep. on WFLA yes, starting at 8. Should be interesting. Okay, partner, and then we'll catch you bright and early tomorrow morning. That'll do it for this morning. Thanks for the nice ride. It's always great being with you on the 50,000-watt front porch. Have a great day. Happy first day of summer. Thank you. God bless you, and God bless America.